This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jurecki, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Sometimes it's the offense. Sometimes the defense. Sometimes, and oftentimes, both. And then sometimes you need a little luck. And through five games, the Cardinals have shown that they can win in a number of different ways. The latest, what they did on Sunday at State Farm Stadium, behind the defense, knocking off the 49ers 17-10 to improve to 5-0, still the only undefeated team in the National Football League. And it is very good that we have Kyle this week because this is going to be a lot about the defense the offense had a good start a good finish but in between the defense did the job and i can't start anywhere but four as in four fourth down stops that's huge that's huge and to me uh, a fourth down stop even though on the stat sheet it's not considered a turnover it is bigger than a turnover i mean just the emotional letdown for an offense when you go for it and don't get it uh for the defense the way it pumps up the defense the offense takes the field all excited um it's a huge momentum shift in a game and for an offense to pick those up like we have done uh in the early parts of this season it's deflating for a defense because you think you got that third down stop and then they stay on the field and they pick it up um those are huge plays throughout the course of this game and and like you said i mean all of these games aren't pretty uh, but December football, playoff football, you just got to find ways to win. And that is the most encouraging sign um, about this win specifically. Kyle, when you look at it, I mean, they, they attempted five fourth downs. Of course, we are all talking about the, the 0 for 4, which was very important in the game, so to speak. And they had seven holding penalties in the second half. Or is this all about analytics or is Kyle Shanahan more? I got a young quarterback, and maybe you know we want to keep Kyler Murray on the sidelines because we're seeing this more prevalent with some of these young. Um, you know, Brandon Staley's a defensive-minded head coach, but they go for it on fourth and eight. You, you see Frank Wright and Mike Vrabel. It seems like analytics now control a lot of this fourth down. I mean, you're at midfield. Seems like teams are going for it. Yeah, I think it's part analytics. I think it's part. Um, the matchup in, in your week-to-week situation. And I, and I kind of think that's what was going on on Sunday was you've got a young quarterback. Um, he's probably – I mean, obviously he's not quite ready yet. Um, you know, your game plan is just try to grind it out, try to scramble, try to get some quarterback runs, pick up some first downs. And coming into this game, it's apparent that you're going against an explosive offense. So you've got to keep them off the field. So – um, you know, it, had they picked up a couple of those fourth downs and had they executed, uh, you know, we might be talking about a different outcome from this game. So, you know, I don't disagree with his decisions. Um, obviously, you know, in you know retrospect, it didn't work out and, and it, it cost them the game potentially. What I was thinking, though, and I'm glad they didn't do it now after the fact, but when Max Williams went down, the Cardinals offense got stalled. I mean, you would have thought, let's just pin them and force them to go to the length of the field. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree. Um, but 
Um, and, and there was a lot of things that happened there, uh, especially in the second half. Um, you know, Kyler, whatever he was dealing with with his arm, didn't, didn't seem to quite have the same zip on the ball. So um, at that point, you're probably not quite as scared of, of the explosive plays. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I can't argue with his decision because going into the game, I didn't think – the Niners had much of a chance, and there they were in the fourth quarter with a, an opportunity, you know, to potentially win the game. You also have to wonder just how confident they were in their kicking game because Robbie Gould on injured reserve, and they had Joey Sly, who Good did point. kick a 47-yard field goal late in that contest, but it just wasn't enough. The Cardinals did enough to get the W. Again, the final score, 17-10. Let's take it back to Sunday. Here is head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I loved it. Yeah, division win, man. Those are hard to come by. That's a great team. Um, great culture over there. They play hard. We knew it would be a dogfight, and we found a way. You look at the division, and we always talk about division games mean a lot more, sometimes two games. But you got the one-game lead over the Rams, and then three games clear about the Seahawks and 49ers. Now, Cardinals a year ago, MJ, started with two wins against the division and lost their last four. and Hopefully this season the script is completely different. But this and last week against the Rams and 49ers, huge two-week stretch. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you look at it and we know the Cardinals have learned how to finish this year. They they faced adversity, you know, maybe not so much in, in the Titans game, but you can look at it, the other games and maybe the Rams games, but they faced adversity. So... You know, listen, uh, you scratch out a few, a few uh, division games and home games, and, you know, you win. they've already won three on the road, and we'll see what they do on Sunday against Cleveland. So, you know, you're setting yourself up. But, you know, I, I think we had this conversation on the, on the post-game show on Sunday night, and I think Cardinal fans are, have been spoiled because now they anticipate they're going to score 30 points every game. They're going to put up over 400 yards. And this is the NFL. I mean, Let's be honest, that front four, they were able to put pressure on Kyler Murray. Uh, luckily, the Cardinals were able to retain the ball late in the game and, you know, secure the victory. So, it, this, you know, there's no layups in the NFL. And so I just think, with, you know, when you see the numbers of the first four weeks, you're like, what's wrong? No. Good teams find ways to win. Bad team finds ways to lose. 5-0 and for the first time since 1974. Everyone had a hand in this one. Let's go inside the Cardinals locker room, courtesy azcardinals.com. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury handing out some game balls. Congratulations, man. Hard fought win. Game balls, right? You got one on offense. Most receptions in the history of the NFL before age of 30, number 10, DeAndre. <laughs> Hey, defensively, everybody gets a game ball. Hey, that's a job. I've never seen four fourth down stops, ever. That's an unbelievable, unbelievable effort. Hey, we can be so much better, right? Let's work this week. Got a great one coming up. Get to go to Cleveland, a very good team. Let's get one week better. Love that, Kyle. Everyone on the defensive side gets a game ball because, yeah, there were some hard hits. There were some key stops, some interceptions, or at least one with Buda Baker, some passes, defense. But you look at collectively that entire defense, someone, everyone did their part to get the W. Yeah, and that was one of the big questions coming in is, you know, how would some of the guys who hadn't played much this year on the back end, how would they step in? How would they respond? And, and would it be a liability? And, um, I mean, everybody did do their job. I mean, um, and, and especially, you know, I had talked about earlier, 
Um, I was looking for the interior defensive line to step up. And to a man, they did. I mean, Zach Allen, J.J. Watt, um, all of those guys on the inside were getting pressure, were beating their man, were getting in the backfield, were making some plays. And that was a big factor in the game. And I can't I, – I really can't think, well, this position group, this guy um, made a huge mistake, had a big letdown. Everybody had a role in that victory, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And, and like you said, I mean, four fourth down stops. I mean, I, I don't know if – any team has ever won a game getting stopped on fourth down that many times. You know, I talked to you before the game, and I said, you know, how do the how do the Niners attack the Cardinals secondary when you don't have Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy? And we, I think we both agreed maybe Vance will come up with some. you got to give credit to Antonio Hamilton, Robert Alford, and Chase Whitaker. And when, when Whitaker was in there, they targeted him early, but he, he, he actually had... Co- Got close to getting a sack. He had a couple tackles. So, as you mentioned, the guys that haven't had a lot of playing time, they came in, and they weren't like, uh, you know, uh, the weakest link on the field. No, that's huge. Uh, it's huge. And and for guys, I mean, uh, it, it's been talked about, but, you know, their study habits, their practice habits, you always, no matter where you are, if you're second on the depth chart, if you're third on the depth chart, if you're just a special teams guy, you never know when your number is going to get called, and you have to be able to step in and and you know, not have that letdown, not be that guy that they pick on and not be a liability to this defense. And again, it's a credit to the coaching staff and it's a credit to Steve Kime for, um, you know, assembling depth with this team. It's not just a team of superstars that are starters. It's the the backup guys can step in and play a huge role in these victories. Well, to that point, on the other side of the ball, offensively, when Rodney Hudson got hurt, well, in comes Max Garcia, who had, we had seen play some guard, but he is on the depth chart, the backup center, and he had to come in and fill for Hudson and might be asked to do it again this week. We'll get more on that in a moment, but Max Garcia coming in in a pinch. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, really proud of Max stepping in there. Uh, I don't know if it's possible to fill Rodney's shoes. He brings so much to the table. Um, but Max, you know, last week played great, stepped in this week, and really uh, helped us win that game. No definitive updates on Hudson dealing with a rib injury, my guess, day-to-day, and we'll see how he is this week. But, again, Max Garcia at the ready. We do also do not have anything definitive on Max Williams, the Cardinals tight end who hurt his right knee late in that first half. It did not look good. I'm not expecting great news here, MJ. And we talk about next man up, DeAndre Hopkins postgame. Everyone loves Max Williams, but the season does not stop. And now all of a sudden this team is going to have to look, is it someone on the roster, someone on the practice squad, or someone outside this organization to come in to help continue what this team's already started? Yeah, you know, every team has what they call a ready list. And that's the reason why they bring in players to try out. And, you know, you want to see, A, if they're coming off an injury, are they healthy, are they in shape? You know, obviously if you're pulling a guy off a practice squad, he's been in camp. And then you have to look at trades. So they have a ready list, and I anticipate they're going to have to make a move there. You know, the thing is, uh, you know, we know that Kingsbury likes to go 10 personnel, and he's got the personnel to do it right now. But 11 personnel with Max Williams, it, it, he's a weapon out there. He's a meat and potatoes guy at the line of scrimmage. He, him and Kyler had this this trust factor going down the seam. They're going to miss Max, Max Williams, you know, depending on the time frame and everything else. But, we, you know, you've got to look at it. He's not playing anytime soon. So it's going to be interesting. Does, does Cliff go more 10 personnel? Um, besides bringing another tight end, you also have Ross Travis on the roster and then Demetrius uh, Harris. Um, those guys that aren't really known as blockers. And then Darrell Daniels is still on the COVID list. So that's an area where, 
you know, you're not going to change your offense, but it's going to be hard to get a plug-and-play guy that can do what Max Williams does. I mean, last year when he was hurt, the, the, the offense was kind of struggling a little bit when in the running game. And, and so it's a big loss, and he was having a great year, career year. He's a great guy. When you see the entire team leave the bench and go see him, that's how much he's well-loved and respected in that locker room. And I had chills, Kyle, watching – that and I don't know if you've had an experience like that during the course of a game and it was magnified because it happened on the opposite sideline of where the Cardinals were but they knew and then all of a sudden everyone not jogging they're sprinting when he gets on that card and then has to leave the field to make sure that he understood where he fell in this organization I think he knew but a nice moment if for no other reason for what happened earlier getting hit in the knee yeah, it shows the love and respect that his teammates have for him. Um, I haven't seen that either where the entire team will leave the bench um, and go go see him and, and give him their wishes. And, and you know a guy like that um, on top of what he does on the football field, how tough he is. And for him to stay down, um, you know, the players felt like this is probably something that's serious. But, um, you know, it, this is the OCD in me, so I don't know whether to say through – a uh, quarter of the season or almost a third of the season. I hate this extra game. It, I don't, five and zero. It's it's a weird number, but um, you know, you usually do a self scout at the at the quarter part of the season. And if I were or several people, or you probably if you pull the locker room, say who was the unsung hero of this team, who was a guy that you just cannot lose in this offense. A lot of people would say Max Williams. You look at what he always said was the tight end position. They are problem solvers. Whatever is asked of anyone in that room, whether it's blocking, catching, they would do it. And Max Williams certainly heading towards a career year, 16 catches, 193 yards, a touchdown, but now probably and most likelihood not going to play in the foreseeable future. We'll have to see as far as what the definitive update is on him. Hopefully that comes this week. It did not look good. We wish nothing but the best for Max Williams. And now the question is, what happens next offensively? Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like the Dave Patch Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. As we continue here on this Tuesday, more about the defense and specifically fourth down stops and the history the Cardinals defense made. We'll get to that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. and goal on the one, 11.34 to go in the half, 7-0 Cardinals for now. Lance in the pistol, Mitchell behind him, now Lance comes under center, takes the snap, rolls to the right, Lance running, being chased by Chandler Jones, Lance hit at the goal line, and he did not get in, oh what a hit by Isaiah Simmons, a huge collision at the goal line, bodies are everywhere, but the 49ers aren't in the end zone. The Cardinals take over on downs again. Sometimes you're the pinata, and sometimes you're the stick. And I believe right now, Trey Lance is leaking candy from his shoulder pads. Credit both Isaiah Simmons and Tanner Vallejo for that goal line stand. Simmons was evaluated for a concussion, cleared, only missed three defensive snaps. And that was one of four 
fourth down stops in that ball game. The Cardinals defensively, seven fourth down stops this season. Tied for the most in the NFL, the Bills and Bears defensively also with seven fourth down stops. But according to Elias Sports Bureau, gentlemen, first time in at least the last 40 years, an NFL team has had four stops on fourth down in a single game. And I don't know if anyone was more impressive than another, but obviously on a goal line stand, that happened in the first half and the two in the second half. Zach Allen stopping Kyle Juszczyk on a direct snap and then J.J. Watt on a tip ball in the fourth quarter. All important for a number of different reasons, but uh, I liked Kyle what Buda Baker had to say. Quote, if I was in school right now and I got one out of five, I would not be happy. And I'm guessing <laughs> the 49ers are not happy right now, but the Cardinals defensively, a tip of the cap to them. Yeah, that stop was huge, kept points off the board, um, and man, just the violence in that play. Um, you know, I'm guessing the Niners don't want their first-round draft pick taking hits like that very often, and uh, I'm sure they're looking at that film telling him to, you know, dive for the pylon or something because that he's not going to last long taking hits like that. Um, but, yeah, just being – I mean, this again – shows Isaiah Simmons his range right for him to get over there that fast and to generate that much force running sideways and get squared up and meet him right at the goal line um it it shows his tools right he can he is truly sideline to sideline with with his speed and his athleticism and then he shows that when he gets there he's going to bring it and mean business and he's done that throughout his career as far as bringing it because there was some question mj about you know could you lower your shoulder pads and and not be afraid of the physicality and he's shown time and time again that he's ready to hit that was a textbook hit when you watch the the slow-mo or the replay i mean all shoulder and and i'm glad all three guys got up eventually because i you know you see a hit like that and it's a collision you're just like all three guys please get up at some point now the cardinals have had to tell him to kind of tone it down a little bit uh, when he goes up top, you know, we they talk about you get closer to the quarterback, they're going to call it. So his target is a little bit lower, but that was a perfect textbook uh, tackle right there. He's a lot more physical than I thought, actually, you know, just from a standpoint, you, you see him tall, lean, um, but he's willing to bring the lumber. And, of course, I think we all look at what happened with last year in New England with the Cam Newton play, and Newton would have flopped there. But sometimes you got to know your, your your limits. You don't want to obviously go be, be, get targeted or, you know, have a, um, you know, where officials are like, watch out for him this game. You know, you don't want to have that reputation. But he, he, he likes to hit, and I like that. Credit, by the way, Simmons and Vallejo each with a half sack. They got credited for that on that fourth down stop. Speaking of that fourth down stop, here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. His thoughts on the goal line stand. That was huge. Yeah, Isaiah sold out. And those guys are, are playing hard for each other. Um, we talk about making the big play in critical cool situations, the heads-up play, and um, that's what those guys are doing. Also defensively, what you mentioned, Kyle, earlier in the show, the defensive line, there's a nice rotation, but those names as far as J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, guys that you pay a lot of money for and you want to see some results, especially in the stat sheet. Now, interesting enough, Chandler Jones did not show up on the stat sheet. He did draw two holding penalties, as did J.J. Watt. But J.J. Watt, three tackles, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, one pass defense. He certainly was disruptive that entire contest. Absolutely. This is um, this is what we all envisioned for J.J. Watt when he signed here. And Again, his numbers weren't huge, but he had an impact throughout the game. 
um, from the first quarter to the to the very end. And um, he was consistently getting in the backfield, consistently beating his man, and that's why he was drawing the holding calls. And and Chandler Jones, I mean, yeah, he's he didn't show up on the stat sheet. But watch that game. Watch how much attention he gets. Watch how many blockers they have to dedicate to him on any time the quarterback drops back. Um, it affects what the offense is able to do. They're not able to get tight ends and fullbacks out into the route when they're trying to double-team him on a pass. It, um, you know, even, even when he's not getting sacks, he is impacting this defense and impacting what the offense can do on the field. Now, we also got a chance to see Rashard Lawrence and, and Lucky Foe, too, you know, get involved. Let's talk about Zach Allen because, you know, I look at him as a kind of mini J.J. Watt, and he had that career game last year against the, uh, the Eagles. It seems like teams are focusing on Chandler, which makes sense, and, and I get the impression teams are going mass protection just to keep him off the quarterback. And then you got J.J. Watt, number 99 in the middle, and then depending on who's next to him, is he, is he a guy that can win these one-on-one matchups to where you have to focus so much on where Buda Baker is, Isaiah Simmons, Chandler Jones? I mean, because slowly, but surely, he's going he's gonna to have a nice career, Zach Allen. Absolutely, and he showed some really good things in this game. Um, in this season, for sure, it was his best game, most productive game, but um, he was winning, he was beating his blocker, and he was getting in the backfield and making some plays, you know. I think going forward, you're going to see more of that from him, and hopefully you'll see some better celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since you opened the door, we were going to get into it. What did you think, and maybe more on a personal note, did you have a celebratory sack dance or big-time play to kind of you know get the, the emotions out after you make a big play? Um, talking about his celebration, it, it looks like me trying to dance at someone's wedding, um, but that's, that's only late, late in the night after I've had a few cocktails. Um, I just blacked out. I mean, I don't even know what I did half the time. It was just pure adrenaline. So I, I can't I can't really criticize because I didn't have anything good myself. But, um, yeah, he definitely needs a little work. He's taking a lot of good-natured ribbing in the locker room, and he's owning up to it as well. And as he said post-game, his girlfriend likes it. And at the end of the day, if she likes it, that's all that matters. He also mentioned uh, yesterday on uh, 98.7 that he's good friends with Dennis Gardick, and he's hoping Gardick can kind of you know show him how to dance a little bit. We know Gardick's a, he, he's, he's a show out there when he gets a sack. Here's what Allen accomplished on Sunday on the field, his production. Season high, five tackles, first sack of the season, a career high, two tackles for loss, and a quarter quarterback hits here is Zach Allen postgame I think it was definitely you know a gritty win it was one that I think we needed to prove to the NFL I think you know the first four games you know it was kind of you know our offense bailed out our defense and you know it was a lot of high scoring and you know I think we wanted to prove that you know we could win close games and do it as a defense and I, I was really proud of the whole group with how we played I think held them to what 10 points so that's a very good offense I don't care who their quarterback is I don't care they got studs all across the board so uh, give them the respect and uh, you know looking forward to playing them again in a few weeks by the way only the fifth time in 69 games under head coach Kyle Shanahan that this 49ers scored fewer than 10 points in a game as far as an offense or 10 or fewer points and that is a season low, 10 points by this defense, giving up 13 week one to the Titans. But to Allen's point, Kyle, did did this team need to prove, maybe just to themselves, that they could win that kind of a ball game in which offensively things weren't on track and the defense time in and time out, you know, every single 
time they're on the field, they're expected to get a stop, but they were a little bit more on edge as far as knowing they needed to because the offense just wasn't right, wasn't quite there. Right. Yeah, you're not going to put up 430 every game. Um, and that's what was great to see, right? And then when we talk about teams finding different ways to win, if – you know, you're seeing some of these teams uh, like the Cleveland Chargers game, like it was just offense scoring after scoring after scoring and trading touchdowns and, and tying it up. And um, you need games where the defense is going to have to carry you because the offense isn't always going to be there. I mean, there will be more weeks going forward where the offense just doesn't quite click. You know, it felt like games earlier this year, no matter what Cliff called, we had success. No matter what Kyler did with the ball, wherever he went with it, he was completing the pass, and it seemed like the the opposing defense couldn't stop them. But it's not always going to be like that for the team to find a way to win. And I feel fully confident there will be a time when we're going to lean heavily on special teams to make big plays and make those big kicks that are going to get us the win. So, you know, the, the fact that all three phases have the ability to carry this team when they need it, that's huge. You know, going into the season, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, this was the first time in a long time where he didn't have to rehab in the offseason. They they had Super Bowl aspirations and expectations. And, you know, now all of a sudden they got to buy this week and then, you know, we'll wait and see, you know, is it Garoppolo? But listen they're not happy in san francisco right now with kyle shanahan and there's a thing there with success and failure and they think he's failure right now and you just look back a couple of years and well they're in the super bowl so it's it's what have you done for me lately but i guess on paper they got the future quarterback so he should be safe there but going into the season everyone talked about how you know tough difficult and how tough this division would be yeah and it's proving to be that so far through the first five games the Day Pash Podcast, Episode 11, available now featuring comedian Frank Caliendo. Episode 12 premieres Wednesday with Cardinal General Manager Steve Keim as the special guest. You can follow the Day Pash Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rayolu, Mike Jarecki, and Kyle Vandenbosch haven't forgotten about the offense. They started well, finished well. We'll get to that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Murray back to throw on second and nine. In trouble, moves to his left. Being chased by Bosa. Now throws it deep across the field near side. Jump ball, it's caught by Hopkins at the 10 and tackled at the nine-yard line. Kyler Murray threw that ball outside the numbers on the far side to the near sideline. 5.20 to go. Cardinals lead 10-7. Can they put him away? Can they get a touchdown? Snap to Kyler. He throws a fade left side in the end zone. And it is caught for a touchdown by DeHop. DeHop caught it with Josh Norman draped all over him trying to pull the ball away. What a great catch by DeAndre Hopkins. Broke the sickles out on the fade and stabbed the pig out of the air and brought it in. Man, at some point, when you've got dudes who are just better than the other team, that's enough. As DeAndre Hopkins said, better catch by eye, which is what he said following the Hail Murray a year ago. We welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Kyle Vandenbosch. We do it every Tuesday all year round, 11 a.m. here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins, and very quickly, Hopkins is becoming that go-to receiver. He has always been it, but I think there's more trust between quarterback and wide receiver. Hopkins on the day, six catches, 87 yards. That touchdown, which, by the way, was the 64th of his career. 
But, again, it was not a great offensive performance, a good opening drive, and a great finish. And you look at what DeAndre Hopkins has been able to do, not only since he's been here, Kyle, but throughout his entire career. When you need to make a play, whether that's a third down, third and long, or a third and long, or a touchdown, you look for number 10, even if he is covered, and he was covered, but Kyler Murray showing the trust in Hopkins that if he can't catch it, no one's going to catch it. Yeah, like you said, you know, we'd been wondering when was when was Hopkins going to be targeted more, right? And when you're, it was games like this. It's it's situations like this when your offense is out of sync, when stuff's not working, when when you you no matter what you dial up, it seems like it's not quite right. You just go to your go-to player, and that's exactly what he is. And um, you know, I don't know if there's a player that adjusts to the ball in the air better than him. Um, the, his, I mean, he had several catches this game, you know, a back shoulder catch. Um, he had one where he was falling backwards almost parallel to the ground and he caught it out of the air. Um, you know, he's going to come down with it. He's it, No matter what the coverage looks like, um, you know, he had Josh Norman on him for a good part of the game. Josh Norman at one point was one of the best corners in the league, um, but it was a mismatch. I mean, it was a complete mismatch, and Josh Norman – at times had to mug him to make sure that he wasn't going to catch the ball. You know, I always say, you know, get him involved early and often, not that he gets disengaged, but in the first half he was targeted five times, three catches for 37 yards, and then we know what he did in the second half. And obviously a very smart play, catching that ball and staying in bounds. So you could see the football IQ is there. And, you know, you can you just sense from Hop that he wants to get to the postseason. That's where, you know, he's you know, obviously a great receiver, but that's where you can show your upside to the nation. But so far, so good. I mean, he, you know, Christian Kirk, uh, four catches, 30 yards, you know, you're not always going to have the, the big numbers, but, you know, A.J. Green only one catch. But I like the fact that each week somebody else is stepping up. A couple of weeks ago it was Max Williams, Rondell Moore, all-purpose yards. So I, they got a good thing going there, but it all starts with Hopkins. And if they're going to double and roll coverage over, somebody's open. Well, Hopkins had a huge first down catch on third down in the second quarter. And then his final three catches, the 30 yards in which Murray throws across the field, the touchdown, and then you mentioned the 11-yard reception in which he literally sat down on the field to make sure he stood or stayed inbounds to keep that clock going. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury on that matchup, that pairing, if you will, between Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, it wasn't pretty all game um, like it been most of the year. And so to see him grind one out and win um, an ugly one was, was good to see. That, that's real progression from where we started this uh, two years ago. And, and so happy we found a way. Offense went seven possessions before that final touchdown in the fourth quarter seven possessions without anything as far as a touchdown is concerned and brought this up on monday's edition of cardinals cover two kyle but first game the cardinals have won with kyla murray at quarterback when the offense has scored fewer than 24 points 24 had been the magic number that this offense needed to get to and now it's not 24 it's seven points fewer winning with 17 points when kyla murray at least statistically didn't have his best day yeah, and but you know, I you go back to all the encouraging signs from even the games before this. Um, you, you know, a game like this, you lean on. You look back when they played the Rams, and they had to protect the, or they had to eat up some clock, and they were able to do things like that. the The fact that this offense can look different at different points in order to get a win, and not always pretty wins, 
And and there's no question, and it, it showed up this week, that it falls on Kyler's shoulders. We're like he is the guy running the show, and for this, but him, he's not. He's not. It doesn't seem like he's he's not selfish. He's not trying to force things. He's not trying to make the big play. Not always trying to hit the home run. He's gotten to this point in his career where he understands. I need to do what it takes to get this team a win, and that's exactly what happened on Sunday. He was talking about Kyler Murray, 22-31 of 31 for 239 yards, a touchdown, but did not turn the ball over. And I think that is something that we've heard from Cliff Kingsbury, MJ, talk repeatedly is protecting the football. The Cardinals did have one turnover that was a – fumble by Chase Edmonds, but the quarterback not putting the ball in jeopardy either with an interception or himself losing the football. Yeah, and I think people were wondering, you know, maybe after week three he may have had, I think, three or four interceptions, and then you look at the projection, well, he's going to throw 20, 25 uh, interceptions. Here we are going into week six, and he still is at number four. So, clearly that was a point of emphasis, protect the ball. Um, still needs, you know, throw the ball away versus taking a sack, which which probably would have put the Cardinals in closer field goal range. But to me, you got to take the good with bad with him because every play, he's so dynamic. He's going to make a play if he can. Well, and then we saw just the creativity once again of this offense, that opening drive, the James Conner one-yard touchdown run. There were five different players on that eight-play drive that either ran or caught a pass on that drive. And we're seeing a lot of pre-snap motion. We're seeing a lot of two backs in the backfield sometimes, a third meaning the tight end is in the backfield. It's looking a lot better than it has the first two seasons. And as a result, you're looking at the number four scoring offense in the NFL. Yeah, I like when they have two backs and then they send Randall Moore in motion and he kind of goes to the outside. And if you've noticed certain times, there's always a guy by the sidelines. So if, if Kyler's going through his progressions or he doesn't feel like he needs to bail the pocket, there's always a check down somewhere. And Rondell Moore is that perfect guy. You throw the ball to him in the flat, just let him run because he usually makes the first or second guy miss. Glad you brought up Rondell Moore. Nine total touches in that ball game for 109 yards. When you talk about running, receiving, and then on punt return, you get the ball, Kyle, to number four. He is going to make that first guy miss. But if he makes a second or third guy miss, then all of a sudden it's a 20-plus yard game. Yeah, and he's doing exactly what we pictured, uh, you know, based upon what we saw in the preseason, right? You've got these weapons on the outside that are going to stretch the field and really put DBs in a bind, and he is that guy making things happen underneath, whether it be out of the backfield or, um, you know, short catches or getting a handoff or, you know, just a swing pass. And, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, like Mike was talking about, they had him dead to rights in the backfield, and he makes a guy miss. And and a guy with that type of ability, um, he's going to – I mean, it, it seems like we just keep waiting for him to have this huge explosive play. I mean, he did have a huge, incredible catch on the sideline. Um, but there's going to be a time this year where he's going to make four or five guys miss and get into the end zone. You look at his numbers, Sunday marked the third time in five games. He's finished with over 100 all-purpose yards this season. He ranks second among rookies as far as all-purpose yards with 454. And the stunning part about Sunday, MJ, he led the team in rushing with 36 or excuse me, 38 rushing yards. 
That was surprising. Uh, you know, clearly, you know, Kyler's not running as much. And, 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 you know, Chase Edmonds, he was dealing with a shoulder injury and give him credit for playing. He put the ball on the carpet. But James Conner, I mean, he's he's a difference maker. When you get down to the goal line, they're not, you know, I think we're all looking for Kyler to go under center. And that's probably the, the fastest way. But the way Conner's running, man, he's, that's a huge addition. They have a good one-two punch with that running game. Five rushing touchdowns for James Conner. All have come over the last three games, and he punched it in from one yard out. By the way, James Conner wired up, and that segment's available right now on the Arizona Cardinals' official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Cardinals. A good look at James Conner. Even if he's not the focal point or not getting a lot of attention, he's cheering on his teammates, and he and Chase Edmonds have a great relationship, not only on the field, but off the field as well, encouraging one another. In fact, it was James Conner, the first person to come up to Chase Edmonds after he fumbled the ball and talking about redemption for the next drive. Episode four of the Cardinals Folktales entitled Drafting Jake premieres Wednesday on the Cardinals YouTube channel, youtube.com slash azcardinals. A look back at the Cardinals selection of former ASU star quarterback Jake Plummer in the 1997 NFL Draft. Again, debuts on Wednesday. Watch Cardinals Folktales at youtube.com slash azcardinals, plus read about it and listen to it as well azcardinals.com with an article and podcast all premiering Wednesday nights. When we come back, we'll kind of turn the page on week five. Look to week six. Hey, about this, another road trip, this time to Cleveland. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second down and 16 on the Arizona 40. Three receivers set, two to the right. Shotgun snap, lands the throw from the pocket. Now steps up, gets hit by Zach Allen and sacked at the 46-yard line. Big number 94 has made a couple plays here today. The loss of about six. Well, I have no idea what kind of sack dance he was doing right there, but I really don't care. Zach Allen comes inside underneath McGlinchey and gets a sack. Everyone wants to talk about the sack dance, and I don't even know if it was a complete dance. But again, this is what Zach Allen did in his third year. We kind of forget. We always focus on Kyler Murray year three, but how about Zach Allen year three and showing the improvement? Season high five tackles, his first sack of the year, a career high two tackles for loss and a quarterback hits. And if he is going to put up numbers like that, then yes, he can dance and do whatever he wants to after a play. That performance on Sunday earned him a conversation post game with Paul Calvisi and yes, the sack dance was discussed. The sack dance, does it have a name? Was it premeditated? Was it in the moment? How spontaneous was it? Please explain. Nah, I'm a white boy, so I got to keep it within the frame. So for me, you know, I just try to do that. I've been doing that since BC, you know, worked. I got a beautiful girlfriend, so I'm going to keep on doing it. (laughs) And we'll see it again maybe this week as the Cardinals once again on the road. They will be at the Cleveland Browns, even though it is a road game. As far as being in the East Coast time zone, it is the late window. 105 is the kickoff from First Energy Stadium. 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. The Browns coming off a road loss. The Chargers 47-42. They had won three straights. They are 2-0 and at home. And as head coach Cliff Kingsbury mentioned on Monday, MJ, quote, the Browns are loaded. And that's just not on offense. That's on defense as well. Although right now they are banged up. 
they are banged up, and we'll see who their left tackle is. We know that they can run the ball. They ran the ball 40 times with Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, thank you. And, you know, they really, going into the season, I think they had them one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, including the offensive line, if they get their left tackle back, and who knows if that's going to happen this week. And just all the high picks they had over the year and the hitting on guys, and it's become a destination in free agency. But it just seems like they're expecting a little bit more from Baker Mayfield. Now, they did put up 45 points, but they ran the ball 40 times. He's he's dealing with a, a labrum issue in his non-throwing shoulder. So is that affecting him? Because Stefanski made a decision. He could have went for the play, and instead he punted. And we know what happened at the end there. So that was the first time where the the, uh, the Cleveland media thought, does he not trust them in a big spot? Because last year they were 11-5, and five, but they didn't play the quarterbacks they're playing this year. So it's going to be interesting. And on paper, I mean, they're a really talented team. It would be a great road win. And the reason why I give the Cardinals a chance, uh, besides the way they're playing, is Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. I mean, this is another. This is round two when it comes to the matchup. Yeah, they met two years ago at State Farm Stadium. The Cardinals won that contest, thirty-eight to two to twenty-four. Kyler was mic'd up for that contest, and here is how that mic'd up segment ended with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield exchanging their uniforms. You good? You good, bro? Yeah, give me that. Oh, yeah, you're gonna have yeah, to do it. Gonna you gotta, it. No, you're gonna have to do it. You're gonna have to eat this one. I still hate you. It's all good. I got bragging rights, bro. Kyler Murray with the <laughs> last word, and he's held that over Baker Mayfield now for two seasons. The rematch coming up this Sunday, but I think more than the quarterbacks, Kyle, it's what this Cleveland Browns offense can do running the football with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They are the number four total offense the number two rushing uh, excuse me number one rushing offense and on the flip side cardinals have struggled against the run yeah you know that's that was the question uh the one remaining question is you know can they be a good run defense and i don't know if we fully extinguish that on sunday um so it'll be interesting to see how we hold up because yeah i mean it, it's going dating back to last season uh, this one-two combo is tough, and they run hard and they block well up front. Receivers are blocking down the field. Um, it'll be it'll be definitely be a good challenge, and it'll be good to see if if our defense can rise up and stop the run this week because it doesn't seem like anybody else can, and they have the ability to put a lot of points on the board. So. Um, you know the challenge will again be on the defense, and they're and they're well coached on all three phases: special teams, defense, and offense. And Stefanski, you know, they utilize two or three tight ends at times. You know, because OBJ is not really putting up big numbers. Um, they rely on throwing the ball on the field, but they'll use a couple tight ends just to get that running game going. And so you're going to have to be able to match up on the edges. Well, David Njoku is fifth in the league as far as average yards per catch, almost 19 a game. And he's coming off a huge performance last week. But they could get Jarvis Landry back. He is eligible to return this week. He's been on injured reserve with a knee injury. But to your point, MJ, the left tackle, Jedrick Wills, did not play last week. Right tackle, Jack Conklin, suffered a knee injury in that game. And then in the secondary, defensively, Denzel Ward suffered a neck injury. Greedy Williams suffered a shoulder injury. Greg Newsom did not play because of a calf injury. So there's a lot of numbers here as far as what looks good on paper. But, Kyle, this game is not played on paper. And I do think it's going to come down to – 
the two defenses, who can get that extra stop, much like we thought we were going to see against Tennessee and then against the Rams, and we know it was one-sided. I'm not expecting a one-sided contest this Sunday, but the defenses are certainly in the crosshairs for this week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, that that will be the big question on Sunday, and whichever defense um, is able to adapt to what they're seeing, is able to execute their game plan, um, will be the team that comes out on top. This this is the first time, I mean, we're getting to that point in the season, but this is the first time that, you know, I think everybody's going to be watching really closely at the inactives in pregame to see who's up because both teams have some key players that are dinged up and have some position groups that are dinged up. And, um, you know, it'll be important to get those guys out on the field and hopefully we can get a lot of our guys back out there and healthy for Sunday. All those names you mentioned are household names. I mean, those guys are, you know, guys are high draft picks. Guys, uh, you know, have nice contracts. So maybe the Cardinals are catching them at a good time. Because if you go back to September, you're thinking that's going to be a tough road game. They have the best offensive line in football. Um, clearly, Stefanski and Mayfield made a lot of strides last year. But that's the NFL. I mean, next man up. And we Cardinals dealt with that last week. And they're definitely going to miss Max Williams. But um, – you know, they'll have a game plan going in, and I'm always interested every week now. What's Vance going to come up with this week? Well, hopefully he'll have Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson available. The idea was not having them play this past week gets them ready for this week. But, again, we'll see, and, of course, Rodney Hudson, and hopefully get an update on Max Williams as this week progresses. 105 kickoff, Cardinals at the Browns, 8.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. And then, of course, we'll discuss it next week here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Almohandro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Kyle Vandenbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. What happens in week six? Can the Cardinals move to 6-0? and We'll talk about it with you next week here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.